never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pull Up a Chair. I am ecstatic. I don't know about y'all, but I am feeling so good after Tuesday's election. Monumental wins, unprecedented turnouts and numbers. And last time we talked, Malia was on and her and I really talked a lot about the pissed off parents. And I've been saying it for quite some time that pissed off parents are are really turning the tide in this country. They are a new voting demographic. They are turning out in droves and it's not just right-wing pissed off parents. This is Democrats. These are very apolitical people who realize that the systems in place are messing with their children. And anybody knows when you mess with someone's child, they see red. And I guess they vote red too. Um, But... (laughs) I this is going to be super short. I just kind of wanted to debrief on it all because I'm super excited and there's really a lot to unpack. But clearly Tuesday's election there was big wins for Republicans especially in Virginia. And if you look at Virginia and you look at, you know, the quote pissed off parents of Virginia It makes so much sense that Glenn Youngkin wins the race. I mean, he did definitely campaign on, you know, the mama bears and the papa bears. And he campaigned on parents being able to control the trajectory of their children's schooling. So a story broke about a month ago coming out of Loudoun County, which is in Virginia, which is also a very rich school district in Virginia. It was found out. So during the summer there, you know, all of these videos are coming up about parents, pissed off parents showing up at school boards, you know, to their public comments, making comments, getting pretty heated about it too, in regards to cultural issues such as critical race theory, um, transgender bathroom issues. And so in Loudoun County, a dad, uh, Scott Smith, he decided to show up to one of their hearings about a transgender bathroom policy. He was then arrested and taken out of that meeting and, and his opponents or the people who are against this dad, Scott Smith, wanted him arrested. And come to find out that The reason he was going to testify is because his daughter was raped by someone who put on a skirt who was a male-looking biological male who went into the bathroom and raped this little girl. He He was credibly accused of it. He was charged with it. And instead of the school board doing something about it, they then move this perpetrator to a different school and this perpetrator then assaults another student at the board meeting at the Loudoun County board meeting they said they had zero examples of sexual assault in bathrooms 
And so that is why Scott Smith, the dad whose daughter who was raped, he shows up and he wants to give his peace. And they didn't let him because he got in an argument with another parent who was there who pretty much said, I don't believe you. Your daughter didn't get raped. And as one could imagine, if your daughter was raped and one, the school board covers it up, two, another parent says it's not true, and then three, they take you out of the meeting and arrest you because of that could you imagine what this dad is going through and so also kind of happening during this time is the national school board association puts out a letter that was referred to attorney general merrick garland kind of saying that these parents are coming and they're erupting our school board meetings they're sending threats and we're scared and they're being domestic terrorists And on that memo of parents being domestic terrorists, they label Scott Smith as an example of a parent showing domestic terrorist behaviors. So not only is this man's daughter, her rapes being covered up, her rapes not being believed, and now he's considered a domestic terrorist. All of this comes out, and as you could imagine, Any parent is going to look at that and say, what in the hell is going on? If it can happen to this guy, what else can happen? If they're covering up something so serious to push through a policy agenda, what else are they doing behind our backs? And through that, the pissed off parent voter demographic in Virginia just showed the hell up on Tuesday. The difference between the McAuliffe campaign and the Youngkin campaign is McAuliffe ends his campaign pretty much saying parents don't really deserve to, you know, have a right or a say of what their kids are learning or what their kids are doing at school. Whereas Youngkin is saying, It's the parents' choice. And frankly, McAuliffe was an idiot to push that message because he, the Loudoun County stuff happened in Virginia. And so one could think there's some pissed off parents out there. And there were. These parents were protesting at the school boards. They were demanding that the school board, you know, resign. And so... Uh, strategically I don't understand who thought that was a good idea but also something to add to like why did he win you have to think about Virginia's schools were closed for a very long time during the pandemic I think right now culturally you're seeing this tide turning of of and it's really being done by pissed off parents and I know I've already said that a million times but You're seeing an uprising of the everyday average American, people who are super apolitical, people who don't really get involved with politics. They're the ones who are showing up. McAuliffe was really, really wrong to not appeal to that voter demographic. 
McAuliffe really focused a lot of his campaign on Trump and how Youngkin and Trump were best buddies. McAuliffe actually blatantly lied and said that Youngkin and Trump on the night before the election, that Youngkin and Trump were campaigning together. And that was just totally not true because Youngkin really distanced himself from Trump. I think Youngkin understood that this is not a Trump or not. This is not a make America great again scenario that we're dealing with right now we're dealing with a cultural scenario we're dealing with local issues and frankly Biden won Virginia by 10 points and so Youngkin really you know his strategy there was really good of not really being with Trump and also you know I'm going to go into a little bit more of this later but I think we need to distance ourselves from Trump and Yunkin really appealed to that. Yunkin appealed to the fact that when you run good candidates, when you run candidates who really care about local issues and who really care about just their, you know, being a real leader in general, then you can win. When you push this education stuff, when you push power to the parents, that is what people are showing up with right now. It doesn't matter if you are a liberal, doesn't matter if you're a a Republican, if you're, you know, not a Trump, it's every single demographic of parent is really leaning towards the to the right. And it's, it's really interesting to see the McAuliffe campaign did a lot of things wrong. And one of them is definitely kind of trying to group Youngkin with Trump. Another thing that they really did wrong was so there's like these And it's still not necessarily like solved per se, but they definitely ran like ran on this idea that like Youngkin is a racist and his followers are racist and racism, white supremacy, yada, yada, yada. So Youngkin was campaigning in um, Charlottesville, Virginia. And so Charlottesville is where that Unite the Right rally happened years ago that just like, you know, gross actual white supremacists. So when Youngkin was campaigning in Charlottesville the other day, there's these five people who were in khakis and white button down shirts and hats and tiki torches Kind of like sending a message of like, oh, there's white supremacists at Yunkin's rally. Come to find out, I mean, and you if you look at the pictures, you can tell like these are not your everyday white supremacists. Like you can tell it was a hoax. And not very long. It doesn't take very long to figure this stuff out. People were able to, mainly like independent journalists and stuff, were able to match these these white supremacists at Yunkin's rally to Democratic operatives. And so after that whole thing blew up, the Lincoln Project, which is all of those rhinos and, you know, the Lincoln Project has their own issues as is because they also cover up sexual assault. So, you know, that's you can look that up if you will. But the Lincoln Project then takes the blame for these operatives and says oh like it was never supposed to be like 
us sending these people to for them to be like hoaxed and them actually you know for people to think that they're Yunkin supporters it was just to send a message that Charlottesville and and Yunkin and the racism and white supremacy that's tied up in between all of this and so it's like oh my god like people see right through that they really do and so it's just stupid and then on the last night on Monday night at Yunkin's rally there was this person in a like confederate flag jean jacket and he like props himself up in front of the media and like there's video footage of it of where he's like literally just standing in front of media the whole time he doesn't do anything else in the rally and it's like this very fresh patched confederate flag and all these people like at the yunkin rally like confederate flag yada 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 and it's like if you're a good journalist you're not just gonna snatch the picture and call it a day you're gonna want to go up to that person and get footage of you know oh why are you wearing a confederate flag um outfit you know, at a Yunkin rally, like, is that what you believe? You know, you you ask the hard questions. And the fact that none of those questions were ever asked to this person, it was simply just a picture, really just goes to show that it's a hoax. And you can look up the video footage. It's just really kind of, it's really sad, honestly, that, that, that that's what they have to go to. And it kind of comes back to this main idea of Democrats are really running on the idea that the right is white supremacist. The right is racist. And it's just not a winning message. Painting somebody that you disagree with as a racist is no longer a winning message in electoral politics. Maybe years ago, you know, maybe 2015-ish, maybe maybe even like 2018-ish it worked, but now people see right through it and it's just so stupid. And also, one could argue that the more that they just label everyone they disagree with a racist, the more that they're pushing people away from their side. The media, especially on election night and some, you know, politicos, if you will, still were saying that Yunkin's campaign was based on white supremacists and it's all the white people who voted for Yunkin and this is just white supremacy is one in America again. And it's like, hold up. Let's talk about white supremacy and racism in Virginia. Northam, who is the the current governor of Virginia after this election, obviously he's done, but he was in his high school yearbook, a picture of blackface and then a KKK outfit and nothing ever happened to him because he's a Democrat. So he's not actually racist. And that was a long time ago. So this man who has proven a real racist, like that is actually something that's cancelable. That's not just like some microaggression. It's literally him in blackface in a KKK outfit. That's not racist. But what is racist is electing the first black female immigrant to the lieutenant governor's office that's that's the side of racism winsome sears is the side of racism yet she is a black female she's an immigrant she was a marine she is the american dream she's now the lieutenant governor and everyone's ignoring her because it goes against that media narrative of everyone's racist on the right 
If everyone was actually racist, why would they elect a black female lieutenant governor? Racists don't elect minorities. That's not how it works. And so it's just, it's honestly laughable that they're sitting there saying racist, racist. And when some serious is just already going off in the media saying, oh, Joy Reid at MSNBC, who was, you know, claiming racism. She's like, oh, Joy Reid, like, have me on. Let's, you want to, you want to, you want to talk? Like, have have some you know be a woman and have me on your show that's not gonna happen another thing I wanted to get into was the fact that you have other elections around the country mainly New Jersey so New Jersey was very very close um, but the incumbent Murphy who's the current governor right now Democratic incumbent he ultimately won but the, the race was neck and neck in for the New Jersey governor's race. And I'm kind of pissed off. I'm not pissed off that Murphy won. We were always expecting Murphy to win. I'm pissed off that the GOP, mainly the national GOP, didn't pay attention to this race. Think about if there was time, energy, and money put into the New Jersey governor's race, what the results would be. I mean, this is a, a, a 30,000 vote difference. And that is really easy to gain when you put time, effort, energy, money into a gu gubernatorial race. And I think there's a lesson here for Republicans to, you know, figure out is that just because you don't think you could win it, like at least do at least go talk to people, see what the you know, the feel is and 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 do some data and do, you know, get some get some information because we could have won that race. And it's super annoying that they were kind of let down. They didn't even like do research on it. I was watching Fox News on like election night and they were saying we didn't even run data on this because we just thought it was going to be handed to the Democrats and so it's super super annoying that Republicans chose to turn a blind eye to that it's just so typical and that's where they mess up that's where they piss me off that is one of the reasons I am no longer a registered Republican. The good thing about it is, is that it was so close and no time, money or energy was put into that race. So it really does. It's a it's a huge indicator that a tide is turning and also coming out of New Jersey, which is probably my favorite story of the election this year is Ed Durr. So Ed Durr is a truck driver he's a dad lifelong new you know resident of new jersey just really probably kind of ran because he felt like maybe somebody should challenge this powerhouse of a democrat the senate president stephen sweeney lost his reelection to ed durr a truck driver a everyday man who literally allegedly raised $10,000 for his campaign and only spent $153. That is so rare to win an election with so little money spent. And 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 he's not just running against like some wompy democrat. He's running against the Senate president. 
that just goes to show again that when you run good everyday candidates who appeal to the people who who when you run candidates that are by of and for the people that is where you win that is how you you really change the trajectory of politics of policy of culture is when you you appeal to the people I just love that story I love that he literally only spent $153 when he had $10,000 raised that'll be a great fiscal conservative when he is um in office but I thought that you know that's just a good American story the last thing I kind of want to touch on is where do we go from here? What does this mean for the future? What does this mean, you know, for, you know, the Trump Republican versus the average Republican or like a Mitt Romney Republican? Republicans have always been the party of big tent politics. Conservatives have always accepted this wide range of demographics of policy uh, preferences and I think that first of all this election night this past election was a huge indicator how 2022 is gonna go the Biden administration is crumbling we don't have a, a, a president who is really in touch with even who he is he's like not even there we he's senile he's not doing his job he's literally like just not there in the head I think people are pissed off about Biden I think people are pissed off about inflation about gas about having to spend way more money than they usually would about schools kids that is the winning message right now is sending a message to mainly parents or anyone for that matter that whatever your kids are doing or learning or 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 whatever environment that they're in that is up to the parents Parents are always the first teachers of children. I get it. It's important for teachers and parents to be on the same page, but it's not for the school board or the teachers to ever decide what is best for a child. That is the parent's choice number one. One, that is why you're seeing such a high rate of kids moving out of public schools, moving to homeschooling, moving to charter schools, moving to private schools. And the issue is that the the leftists want to control the schools because when you control what a child thinks and what they are being raised on, you can control pretty much everything in their life policy wise or how they're how they'll vote or anything like that and I think parents realized during the pandemic when you have this at home school parents were finally for the first time actually listening in to what their children were learning and parents weren't satisfied with it when you tell a child that they're evil because of the skin color that they were born into and that they had no choice of given when you tell a child that they're evil because of that that's messed up when you 
tell a child that they have to be woke and they have to, you know, do all of this, you know, woke culture, leftist bullshit, parents are going to get pissed off and the kids are going to be confused because at home they're not learning the same things. And I think parents really realize like, okay, this is an issue, what's going on? We're tired of the school boards indoctrinating our kids. And that is when you you had this rise of pissed off parents. And I I am so happy right now for the pissed off parents. There are so many parents that I know that were very apolitical beforehand and now they're going to school boards, you know, you know, speaking out, you know, really doing some grassroots activism. So it's awesome to see. And so moving forward, the winning message is going to is going to be educational freedom. It's going to be choice. I somebody DM'd me today on my Instagram and said, right now it's the culture of freedom. It's the culture of what freedom do you have? It's the culture of, do I have the freedom to choose this? And I loved that that person put it in that that way because it's so true. It's all about freedom culture and, and just telling the government no, telling the government to get the hell away from, from the decisions that you make personally in your life, in your child's life, in your family's life. And another thing I will probably close with is I... Yunkin is a perfect example of how a Republican wins without Trump. Trump really propped up a lot of candidates in the past, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Trump was inherently weak, and I've said that before. I think that he tried to talk the talk but never walked the walk, and we need somebody who's just going to walk the walk and then announce it by talking the talk. I, you know, Trump had his chance to change a lot of things, and we are where we are right now. Mainly a lot to do. I'm not blaming Trump here. I'm just saying that if Trump had secured election security, had, you know, done a bunch of other stuff about COVID, Trump bent his knee to Fauci. Let's really be honest here. But if he would have done more stuff about COVID, done more stuff about school boards, done more stuff about election stuff, we wouldn't be in the place that we are now. And I think Trump's days are over. And I think anybody who is still propping him up, if if Trump wins in 2024 primaries and he loses again, then we deserve to lose. We need to prop up candidates that win. Obviously, I'm team DeSantis, and I think he would make a great president. And my concern is that Trump and DeSantis are going to like go neck and neck. And I just hope to God that Trump does not run because I think there's a way forward without Trump. This is no longer the MAGA Republican Party. This is the big tent party that we know and love in the sense that we can appeal to that Trump base, but we can also appeal to those moderates, to those pissed off parents, to those blue collar workers, to minorities, because this educational stuff has already proven that. And we do not need Trump here to, you know, do what he already didn't 
do um this was kind of short that's really all I have to say I am I'm ultimately I'm hopeful for this country moving forward in a year I I'm so excited I cannot wait for a year to be 2022 midterm elections I think Republicans really have it in the bag if they keep it up I hope they do there's a lot that they can mess up um and Democrats really are gonna keep losing if they keep on with this everyone's a racist everyone's a white supremacist we don't need to look at why we lost we just need to blame 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 um so that's really it thanks for listening and yeah i'm excited and hopeful and i hope you are too never miss an episode of pull up a chair make sure to subscribe on apple podcast follow us on spotify and anchor Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at pullupachair with Ashley Mayer.